Welcome to Wednesdays Together. We are so glad you joined us here for this midweek Bible study. I think it's one of our greatest opportunities during the week in this crazy world that we are in to find the comfort that we can find only from Jesus Christ and to be able to worship together, to cast our cares at his feet and to receive some of his goodness and his mercy tonight. Aren't you grateful for that? Well, you know that saying, that confession is good for the soul. Okay, well, here goes for me. I'm wondering, is there anybody out there who really likes waiting? Like, is there anybody who enjoys calling a place, calling again, calling again, and then being told, hey, we can't help you today, call back another day? I, I, don't, I don't know if there's anybody out there like that, but apparently I am not that person. I never really regarded myself as an impatient person, um, <laughs> but in the past week alone, there have been three significant instances, three significant experiences I've had. Um, each one of them should have been resolved easily. However, none of them are resolved even as I'm speaking to you right now. And I'm telling you, I've had to step back and say, Lord Jesus, I need every single fruit of the Spirit that you can give to me to help me (laughs) through this situation. And I realize this is probably just bringing to the surface my natural tendencies to make plans, to work, to see things happen. And then when we hit a bump in the road, just keep working to resolve them and then move on, right? And so, um, ironically, as I was praying over this message, these experiences came to mind and they resonated with me spiritually. I began to wonder, Lord, do I get impatient when things don't go spiritually the way that I hoped? Do I get impatient when your promises are not fulfilled according to my timeline? Do I try to just work harder to make it happen? Do I just charge on through without taking the time for the stillness of your voice, for your direction, for your guidance? You know, our focus passage for this series is found in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, and it reads, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This series is focused on how Jesus Christ has come to make all things new. And in 2021, I'm committed more than ever to having fresh eyes of faith to passionately pursue everything that God has for me personally, everything that God has for the sanctuary church, because I know God is doing a new work, even when we can't see it. And I know he is calling you and he is calling me to step into that. Amen. And on Sunday, I share from my heart that we are at a crossroads. We are at a crossroads as a church And as individuals, we're standing at the door of our destiny. And we get to determine right now if we will step into that destiny or if we will allow the fears and the frustrations of 2020 
to keep us bound up in 2021. We discussed on Sunday the necessity of drawing closer to God and seeking his face, of finding strength by hearing God's voice and then obeying what we hear from him, and the importance of clinging close to him, especially when we are weary and exhausted. Anybody know what I'm talking about? David's choice, we learned all about David, uh, David's situation on Sunday and an unfortunate decision that he had made when he didn't consult the Lord. And, and these choices in his life, it demonstrated that to us. He was worn down. He's fighting for his life. And so David took shelter in the enemy's camp. But when he hit rock bottom, he knew what to do. He knew that the only way he could find strength was to strengthen himself in the Lord. And so he committed that he would not make another decision without hearing first from God. Now, there are many examples in the Bible of people who acted without consulting God first. (laughs) And I'm sure there are many examples in our own lives when we acted without consulting God first. But I want you to know it really doesn't matter if it's 4,000 years ago or if it's four minutes ago. The unfortunate truth is that there are consequences to making decisions without asking for God's input. It's a truth that we know. And I'd like to turn our attention to a passage that talks about when Israel was in pursuit of their promised land. My husband preached two weeks ago about Joshua leading them to victory in Jericho, not through power, not through military might, but simply by following God's instructions. Sometimes sometimes we forget the things that brought us to this point. You see, Joshua and his army, the only way they defeated, the only way they defeated Jericho was by listening to God's voice. That's the only way it happened for them. And while following God's commands, that's how Israel came to find this unimaginable, unthinkable, no way they could plan this path to victory in Jericho. But what we find if we keep reading. Shortly after this major victory, they encountered a group of people. They eventually figured out they were the Gibeonites, and they failed to consult God in this situation. They just had followed God's improbable pathway to victory, and then now, face-to-face with another challenge, they failed to consult God in this situation. The Gibeonites had heard about Israel's conquest, And they were worried, quite frankly. So they contrived a plan to trick Joshua into making a treaty with them. God told Israel, drive out all the inhabitants of the land. See, he promised them something. And he told them, this is the time. This is the time when you are ready. This is the time when I've prepared the way. And anything that is there that doesn't belong there, you need to get it out of the way. And I know there's somebody I'm talking to right now that God has given you promises. And you've been in this holding pattern. Maybe you've been in the wilderness. And it's time for you to possess that promise. But there are things occupying that land that you're just going to have to drive out. You're just going to have to drive out those things. You're just going to have to get rid of the negative things in your life that are keeping you from the victory and from the promises God has for you. 
So what we see here with Joshua, he failed to consult God. And now he's faced with another challenge. The Gibeonites, they actually were local inhabitants. They were people in that land that Joshua was supposed to drive out. Joshua was called to fight, okay? Now, apparently they were pretty savvy, and they decided they did not want to suffer the same fate as Jericho. So they lied. They lied about who they were and where they were from. They dressed up uh, in a way that made them look like they had been journeying very far. Were, they, were, they were very creative. They wore these worn-out clothes, came with this elaborate scheme. So Joshua took them at their, at their word, and he made a peace pact with them right in that moment. And the only problem with this peace pact, I mean, that sounds good, right? He made a, he, he made a deal with someone so they'd get along. The only problem is that they were lying. They lived just a few miles away. They lived in the land that Joshua was supposed to be inhabiting and the children of Israel were supposed to inhabit. Joshua chapter 9, verses 14 through 16 tell us, Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live, and the rulers of the congregation swore to them, So they came, they brought them gifts, they sampled their gifts, they didn't ask the Lord, Lord, what should we do here? They just signed right there on the dotted line, verse 16, and it happened at the end of three days after they had made a covenant with them that they heard that they were their neighbors who dwelt near them. I want you to know that there is wisdom in waiting. Tonight I'm going to talk about wisdom in waiting. You know, probably one of the biggest temptations for Joshua was that making a treaty with Gibeon meant one less battle he'd have to fight, right? I mean, again, we talked about weary, worn out, tired, old David. I'm, I'm imagining that Joshua's kind of feeling the same way here. Here's a nice group of people. They've come from far away. They've heard about Israel and how God has blessed them. And so they, they want to be at peace with them. And, you know, Joshua's tired of fighting. Israel's tired of fighting. So why don't we just make a deal? The problem with that is God said no. God said fight. And there are unfortunately consequences to decisions that are made without asking God. You see, when Joshua made this alliance with the Gibeonites, that meant their land was off limits to Israel. The land that was promised to Israel, that portion now would not be possessed by Israel. Not because God wasn't strong enough to give them the victory, but because Joshua didn't seek God in the moment that he should have to know how to proceed. And that sounds a lot like David from Sunday. I wonder, when we, when we talked about him, I was doing a lot of reflection in my own life, and I still have the question tonight, I wonder, have you ever made a decision that you wish you could erase? I'm sure if we're all honest, we could say, of course. Is there anything in your life that you wish you could go back and redo? Because like right now, we just want to forget it. But is there anything you wish you could go back and change? Is there anything you've done that you hope nobody ever finds out about? You know, the problem is that while nobody plans to mess up their life, that's nobody's life plan, right? Uh, very few of us plan not to mess up our lives. <laughs> and what do I mean by that? I mean, we don't put necessary safeguards in place. We don't put these 
you know, when you're when you're riding down the road and there are there are these what could seem to be a barrier, but it's it's really a guardrail, and that protects us. That protects us from imminent danger. We don't put those kinds of things in place in our lives, and many times that results in us making decisions that impact us negatively for years to come. And today, here, here's what I want to do. I'm not here to beat anybody up. I, I'm talking a lot about how this is causing me to reflect in my own life. Um, so I've got, my own, I've got my own regrets. I've got my own things I wish I could go back and redo, right, as I'm sure you do as well. The point is not to beat anybody up. The point is for us to find a, a way, a, a different way, to live so that we're not struggling in this way anymore. You know the saying, you know better, you do better. And so that's the point of the message tonight. I want to ask you a question that in hindsight, Joshua probably should have asked. And it's a question, honestly, that applies to every single decision that you will make for the rest of your life. This question, it sheds light on issues the Bible doesn't specifically address. You know, we talk about, oh, things that are gray in the Bible. Or it's not, Jesus didn't speak about that, or I, I'm not quite sure what the Bible talks about that. Well, this question will help you with those sorts of things because it speaks to a principle and not a rule. Folks, we need to be thinking about the principles that, that we get the privilege of walking in in the kingdom of God, not just the letter of the law. It speaks to liberty and not the letter of the law. Now, I'll warn you, this question can be a little bit threatening to ask because it pierces through the fog of self-deception, and it exposes our motives. You see, this question can help us avoid most all of our self-inflicted heartache. Do you want to know it yet? (laughs) Well, the question, it's simple. The question is, What is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? I would say some of our biggest regrets started with choices that we convinced ourselves were good ones. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You made a choice and you kind of had talked yourself into that choice and you convinced yourself it was the good choice. But that choice actually ended up robbing you of God's very best for you. Similar to the same way that Israel was robbed of the land that they could have fully possessed. But they were robbed of that because they permitted the Gibeonites to live within their borders. So why then? I mean, like if that question is key, if that question is pivotal, to walking in the will of God and in the peace of God? Why don't we ask that question more often? Well, I'd say that one reason we don't is because we are so good at deceiving ourselves when we really want something. Like when we really want something, when we lock in on it, we are so good at telling ourselves something that's just not even true. (laughs) Sometimes we don't even realize it. Uh, Some of us are very talented at making a bad decision sound like a good decision. Maybe we, (laughs) maybe it's late at night and you're thinking, you know, um, I I was really active today. That, I mean, this bowl of ice cream, it it won't hurt one thing. It's good. It's going to be good. It's going to be just this one time, just tonight. And then the next, you know, it's three nights in a row. 
And the next thing you know, you have an ice cream addiction. Anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Sometimes we can make a poor financial choice sound like an investment opportunity. Sometimes we can make a poor relationship decision sound like a ministry opportunity. (laughs) Anybody ever heard of missionary dating? Oh, well, you know, I I just feel like God has put this person in my life. And yes, I know they're not a believer, but you know, I, I, they, they say they love me, and I'm just going to win them to the Lord. Okay, folks. Um, here are some of the things that we tell ourselves. Here are some of the things that we tell ourselves. This won't hurt anybody. Well, I'll only do it once. Well, I'm just so lonely, and I really need somebody. Nobody will ever know. Another thing we tell ourselves, these are all lies, by the way. <laughs> Another thing we tell ourselves, I can handle it. I can quit at any time. Everybody needs to live a little bit. I just need to relax, and I just need to unwind. I just need this. It's going to be okay. And you see, when we have those kinds of conversations, when we talk through those things in our mind, we may not be aware of the game that we are playing, but we're really good at that game. Think of it this way. Here's a way to think of it. Do you have to work really hard to justify a good decision? Can I say that a different way? If something's the right thing to do, on Sunday I talked about how the right thing is not the easy thing most times, right? I mean, we know that. So here's another, kind of another side of of the same coin. If something is the right thing to do, do I have to work hard to justify that? Like, Like, oh, yeah, I, you, yes. Okay, you, I know you caught me eating vegetables. And, um, well, could I just explain the reasons why I, I want to eat vegetables today? I mean, let me just explain that to you. I mean, if you could hear from my perspective, I think I could explain to you why, why eating vegetables, it's just not a bad thing. Folks, if, if it's a good decision... You're not going to have to talk around it. If it's a good decision, you're not going to have to talk yourself into it. You're not going to have to justify it. You're not going to be making a list of a list of pluses and deltas or positives and negatives or a T-chart or whatever you do to kind of map out the pros and the cons of a choice. (laughs) Um, You know, for eating vegetables, for saving money, for exercising, you don't have to justify any of that. Am I speaking the truth today? If we have to give ourselves a reason, if we have to make up an excuse, if we have to defend our decision, if we have to hide what we are doing, if we have to go through a series of mental gymnastics to rationalize our choices, then this should be a sign, just like a flashing red light to say, no, no, Danger, danger, avert, avert, no. Um, It should really tip us off that we're about to make a bad choice and we should redirect, change course, go the other way. Because because it's the bad decisions that require creative reasoning. It's the bad decisions that we have to talk ourselves. We have to find all these ways to make them happen. You see, wisdom seeks counsel from the Lord. And wisdom seeks counsel from godly leaders. Wisdom prays first, and then wisdom acts. Sometimes, 
Many times, actually, wisdom prays first, then waits. Many times, wisdom prays first, then waits, and does nothing. Many times, wisdom prays and then waits. And then when God says so, when God says it's time, then wisdom acts. Can I tell you a few things that wisdom does not do? Wisdom doesn't ask the question, is this permissible? No. Wisdom asks, is this the wise thing to do? Wisdom doesn't ask, is this legal? (laughs) Is this a safe thing to do? Um, Instead of asking those kinds of questions, wisdom asks, is this for my eternal good? If I make this choice, is it good for me now and for eternity? Is it not just about how it makes me feel? Is it good for me? How will this decision affect other people around me? How will this decision affect my witness to other people around me? And I think one of the most powerful questions that we can ask is, will God be able to receive the glory through this decision? Wow. That's, I mean, that's pretty telling. If I make this choice, is it going to bring glory to God? Or is there a potential that this decision could turn somebody away from him? Is there a potential that this, that this decision could bring shame to his name? And that's why, my friends, <laughs> this question gets uncomfortable. It exposes how irrational our excuses can be. And it reveals the true motives and the true intentions of our hearts. You see, this question, is this wise? Is this a wise choice? This question penetrates the walls of comparison we often hide behind. This question dismantles the arguments that we use to keep truth at arm's length. What is the wise thing to do? You will really like that question if you want to do what's right. If your goal is to please God, then you will say, thank you, Lord, that I have this question just kind of forms a guardrail in my life that keeps me from driving off into a ditch, okay? You will really appreciate that question if you really want to do what's right. But does anybody know there's a big difference between wanting to do what's right and wanting to make a decision right? What, what do I mean? Make a choice uh, to, correct, <laughs> to correct a bad choice. If all you care about is making a decision right, like maybe you got caught doing something and you kind of want to just take away those consequences. Maybe you want to clean up your messes. Well, I want to make this right. Let me make this right with you. Um, Then this question might end up just being nothing more than a huge nuisance to you. But if you want to do the right the first time around, if you want to follow God's path, if you want to be pleasing to him, this this question can absolutely be life-giving to you. And as you use the question, what is the wise thing to do, as you use that as a litmus test for decisions, Here's another thing I want you to keep your mind on. I want you to pay very close attention to your emotional response in that moment. So if you're faced with a choice, 
if you're faced with a choice and you ask yourself the question, what is the wise thing to do in this situation? I want you to try to gauge what your emotional response is. That question, when you ask it in that moment, it will either illuminate the situation or it will irritate you in the situation. If your reaction is defensive, well, of course it's not. It's not gonna. It's not gonna end like that. I, it's gonna be fine. Just leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. I mean, and that could just be an argument you're having with yourself. <laughs> Um, but if that's your reaction when, when that question comes to mind about a decision you're about to make, that alone should indicate to you that this decision is probably not a good one. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17 tell us, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. They're not do be, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. This passage is calling us, be careful. Don't be casual in following Christ. Watch your steps because it's so easy to stumble. Be intentional, not as fools, but live as a wise person. Folks, this is the yardstick that we should use. This is the yardstick. This is, this is the litmus test that we should use to assess every decision that we make. And it leads us to live in a way that enables us <laughs> to consistently apply the commands of the Bible. You see, when we are asking that question, when we are asking that question, we are then opened up to a whole new way of living because we're not living according to the letter of the law. We are living according to the goodness of the law. And we are living in a loving, faithful covenant relationship that wants to please our God, that wants to please him so much that we seek wisdom in what is the best thing to do to bring him glory. So what is the wise thing? What is the wise thing to do in this situation? You know, that should be the question that we ask. And usually when we make decisions, that's not the filter that we use. That can speak a little bit of truth. Usually the question that we ask, many of us, when we are making decisions, that question is, well, is there anything wrong with it? <laughs> I mean, if I do this, is there anything wrong with it? I, If I had a dollar for every person who had asked me the question, well, I mean, does the Bible say that XYZ is wrong? Okay. I mean, like, like our church note would be paid for. <laughs> we, if it's because, because many times um, we're looking to what is that minimum requirement? Y'all, I know this is heavy. I know this is heavy. I, I know this is heavy for us to hear tonight. Uh, many times the assumption is that well, if it's not technically wrong, if it's not illegal, I mean, if it's not really unethical, if it's not immoral, then it should be okay, right? And so um, if there is not clearly in Scripture a black and white thou shalt not, then we assume that God is saying thou shalt do as thou pleases. 
okay? <laughs> um, and unfortunately, this kind of thinking, it really reflects the real question behind too many choices. And the, the real question the dangerous question that many of us are asking, instead of asking what is the wise thing, the question that many of us find ourselves asking is how close can I get to that line between right and wrong without actually doing something wrong? I mean, how close to that edge can I make it without actually teetering over into sin. And the, the thinking behind that is if it's not technically wrong, then it must be okay. But folks, I'm going to tell you, too often it doesn't stop there because then that leads to a question that we eventually get to. And that question is, how far over the line can I go without experiencing consequences? That's where we end up. And eventually, eventually, the most sorrowful question that we ask is, how did I ever get myself into this mess in the first place? You know, every bad decision you've ever heard about <laughs> probably could have been avoided if someone had asked, what is the wise thing to do? Now, I, I want to I stop this before I go any further because I don't want to be misunderstood. Just like in David's life, there are bad things that happen we have no answers for. There are horrible things that happen in our lives and we don't have any answers for. Right now, our church is facing an unthinkable death of someone we loved so dearly, Brother Dave Martinez. We don't have answers for things like that. I'm not talking about when things happen to you. I'm talking about when we make choices when we make choices that lead us to sin, when we, when we make choices that lead us to pursue other paths instead of the path that God has for us. So please, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that bad things happen to you because of choices that you make. Please, that's not what I'm saying. I am saying that when we have, when we have the opportunity to make a decision, I am saying when we have the opportunity to make a choice, that will affect our future, we better be asking the question, God, what is the wise thing to do? What does wisdom say in this situation? The question that God gave us in his word is not, is there anything wrong with it? But the question is, what is the wise thing to do? Ephesians 5, 16, the, the King James says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Folks, the church that this was written to, they weren't living in a morally neutral climate, <laughs> and neither are we. If we walk carelessly and if we walk casually, we will be swept right back into the mess that God redeemed us from because we are living in evil days. We are living in days where there's trouble on every side. And you know what? We might not even realize it. Every single day, we interact with a culture that encourages us in the most provocative ways to seek out things that don't glorify God, to do everything in our power to feed our flesh and to live contrary to God's word. You don't have to go looking for trouble. Trouble's on every corner. 
in every magazine, on every billboard, on every single screen. We know that's true. And if I may add right here, there are many, there are many right now that are professing to be spiritual voices, prophetic voices even in this day and age to help you right now in your situation. But they are caught up in fleshly kingdoms and they are caught up in fear mongering and they are caught up in focusing on the here and now and they're not caught up in taking people to heaven. They're caught up in controlling the kingdoms of this earth. And I want you to know if there is anybody, anybody who professes to be a spiritual teacher and they are more concerned about what's going on here on this earth right now. I'm not saying we shouldn't care and we shouldn't be good citizens and we shouldn't be active in our world around us. But, that's, but this is not our home. And we know that we've got a Lord who is coming soon. And our goal is just to be ready and to take as many people with us when we go. And if, if you're letting somebody speak into your life who's more concerned about the things, the drama, the trauma, everything that we're facing in this earth than they are about taking people with them to heaven, I want you to be wary. Don't get caught up in their hysteria and in their hype. Joshua 9 verse 14 tells us, Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, talking about from the Gibeonites. They took the gifts that they brought to them, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. I'm calling you, please, Please heed my voice when I say, please be careful who you make an alliance with. Please be careful who you allow to speak into your life. It might sound good. It might smell good. It might taste good. But not every fruit is from the Lord. And not every tree is rooted and grounded in the truth of God's word. This is the time when it's really difficult to tell the truth from a lie and lie from the truth. And the Bible talks about those days. So you better stay in God's word and you better stay under the protection of your local church to keep away from wolves and sheep's clothing. Joshua and the rest of Israel, they paid a high price for their carelessness because they had an enemy living in their camps from that day forward. And if we aren't intentional about living for God, we may unintentionally end up ensnared by sin. If you don't filter your choices through God's question, then you'll probably find yourself facing consequences that could have been avoided. I'm going to close with that passage one more time. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. How can any human really understand God's will? Many times it's not this nebulous, difficult, hard thing to know. Most times, most times the will of God is found just by taking one faithful step. It's doing the things that he's already put in our hearts. It's letting faith lead us instead of fear. It's letting obedience and godliness and holy living and righteousness lead us instead of being led astray by our flesh, by our doubts, by our struggles. It's by seeking out what is wise, by waiting for the wise thing, because there is wisdom in waiting. Let's pray. Dear God, we are your people. We worship you right now. We ask for your still, small voice to come to minister to each one of us, wherever, wherever every person is right now under the sound of my voice. I pray 
You give that peace that comes from wisdom. Lord, give us just a taste of what that peace is like so that every single time we make a choice, every single time we are faced with a decision, we will know, Lord, that's what I want. I want more than anything to know that I've walked in your will, I've walked in your presence, that I am safe in you. God, help us to seek you first. Help us to seek your wisdom. Help us not to live just by the bare minimum, just to scrape by. But, Lord, help us to live in the abundance of your grace and help us to live out our lives that abundantly bring glory to you because that is why we were created. That is why we are here on earth. And we will give you praise. We will trust you for the things that we don't understand. We will praise you because we know that our joy comes in the morning and our peace comes when we can make wise decisions in you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Why don't you put this to the test? I encourage you. Why don't you make a sticky note? Why don't you put it somewhere that you'll see it? Maybe some people like to put a rubber band on their wrist when they're trying to change a habit and just look down at that and remind them, why don't you, just, why don't you purpose in your heart right now to seek to live by that question what is the wise thing to do? And if you seek that, God will bless you with those answers, and he will put your feet on the right path. We love you very much. We'll see you back here Sunday. God bless you.